Hey there, welcome back to our fifth episode of Teen Techies. I'm Anushka. I'm Rashima. And I'm Prisha. Did you know that only 26% of all coders are women? 26%? That's pretty shocking. How do you think technology would look different without the contributions made by women in STEM? Great question. Today we'll be discussing a couple of innovations which would not have been possible without women in tech. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey everyone, so welcome back to our fifth episode. We are super excited that you guys are tuning in as usual. And today, as you heard in the intro, we're gonna be talking about contributions that women have made in various different fields and um, areas of technology. So first, we just wanna preface this by saying that um, we are definitely not trying to um, discourage anybody with these or um, kind of create the idea that um, tech is like a lonely place for women or other minority groups. We're actually just trying to encourage everybody um, and excite you guys for the future. But we were inspired by Girls Who Code's Missing Code campaign, where they kind of showed what tech and what the internet would kind of look like if there were no women in STEM. Um, and also this is going to be a special and exciting episode for the three of us as well, because we actually researched three different parts of tech. So I researched social media, um, Rashima researched AI, Prisha researched cybersecurity. So we don't know really any facts about what each other kind of talked about. And so we're gonna be learning from each other. But like I said, we can just go ahead and get into it. But before that, how are you guys doing Prisha and Rashima? I'm doing good. Like uh, summer, it's it's gonna be a, uh, I think it's less than a month until school starts. Mm -hmm. So yay, junior, woohoo! Not really, uh, but yeah. <laughs> that was a very big mood. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm doing good too. I'm actually I'm pretty excited because tomorrow I get to see Rashima for the first oh, time after yeah. like two years. Um, yeah. So excited for that and also I'm excited to record this episode as Anushka said um like she's Anushka researched um like social media and Rashima researched AI and so I I really don't know too much about like you know the technical aspects of all of that so I'm excited to hear what um they have to say and what they've researched um and excited for you guys to hear what all three of us have researched as well and like Anushka said, if you haven't already, then I think you should definitely go check out the Girls Who Code and it was Missing Code, correct? Yes, Missing yeah. Code campaign. Their, um, their, the Missing Code campaign, um, the website that they created to kind of show what, well, the internet would look like without women in technology, like working in tech would like that was just really eye-opening and pretty interesting to look at we spent our last meeting just taking a look at that and that's how like Anushka said how we got inspired to do this so you know I think without further ado we can get started yeah um and like Prisha was saying this is definitely going to be a learning experience for all of us so any of you who are super knowledgeable in these fields um, please feel free to like DM us on Instagram um, or leave your suggestions. We would love to know more about any and all of these topics. Also, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really good with names, so I apologize in advance if I mispronounce anyone's yeah. name. Yeah, same for me. Same for me. <laughs> uh, 
um, but yeah, we're really excited to share. Yeah. Topic. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So, um, like I said, I kind of researched social media as well as websites and web apps and kind of contributions that women made in those fields. And so one of the first things that I found was actually a woman named Elizabeth Jake Feinler and um, her nickname is Jake. And she is actually, I think she's 90 years old now and she made a lot of contributions um, within the domains and kind of websites. So she basically created an early kind of prehistoric Google with the Network Information Center in California. And that's essentially like a domain name server. So like, um, you know, if you guys go to our website, like the teentechiespodcast.com, we got that domain. We had to search for the domain and search up teentechiespodcast.com. And then we had to buy that domain. So essentially what she did is it was the earlier version of that. So if you wanted a domain name, you would go to her or you would contact her and she would work it out so that you were able to get that domain name. But also she created the yellow pages and white pages, um, which are really old and I actually didn't know about them. But basically those were used to help people find phone numbers and other information, um, kind of like a phone book, but um, on a type of website. And so if you needed to contact somebody or you need to go to somebody's house and you didn't know anything about them, you could search them up on the yellow pages or the white pages. I think there's a a small difference between the yellow pages and white pages that I'm not 100% sure about. But also kind of the final thing that I wanted to touch on that Elizabeth Feinler did is she actually created the naming scheme.com.org and .eu. And I think those are actually really helpful for us to know I mean, at least in the school level, we use them to see if a website is credible or if we can use it for our research. And that actually would not have been possible if not for her and what she did with the people that she was working with. Um, But now I'll kind of turn it over to you guys. What do you think about Elizabeth Feindler? Um, I think that's really cool because I didn't know uh, the last bit you you said, like, you know, I didn't know it was a woman who invented these orgs edu kind of endings but that's really cool because we definitely like in the beginning like elementary level like when we did our research we were like told to look out for these you know little clues mm-hmm. to make sure it's credible sites um so yeah what about you Prisha? and that is like you said the whole um thing about the dot org dot edu dot com like that's really interesting um like even now not just elementary school um even now we're told like you don't like which sites are credible and how we can find out, you know, if um, certain authors of different sites are credible, like to think that that all of that wouldn't have been possible without, you know, a a single person, like that's really just, it's really eye-opening. And also the, you said yellow books and white books? Yellow yellow and white pages. I think they were um, an old version of like, or a later version of the phone books and like um, things that people used to identify other people yeah like that's really interesting as well like to think see nowadays like I, I open the contact app on my phone I have everything on there birthdays addresses and phone numbers everything's on there um, and so like to think about before that there was a or before that there was a phone book and before that there was yellow and white pages I think the yellow pages and white pages were essentially a virtual version or a okay. website kind of version of the um 
of a phone book and I think they're I mean I think the website is still operating today but I I doubt that anybody uses them because like you said we're just have everything in our phones now but I just can't imagine living in a time where you had to like either memorize somebody's number or look them up in like a book or something that's crazy like also like at the time you know like before all this like the, uh, the yellow pages and white pages were kind of invented online can you just imagine like you have to remember the like the first name and the last name of the person because right now we just like you know go like oh yeah like right like that's how we remember and like and then you look in like and then in a telephone book or whatever like they have like a bunch of people with the same last name right that just makes it tougher and I can't like I I would like literally like you know you just type up like you know names just to like minimize your search search time I can't imagine just like looking through pages and pages and pages exactly so I think Elizabeth Feindler definitely I mean, how, uh, the people at that time were super excited that they didn't have to use a book anymore. They could have it virtually. Now, now we can't even think about having a website. Now we just have to have it saved in our phones. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like just to think about that whole evolution of, I mean, just organization in terms of like name, address. Um, wow, like that's that's eye opening. I know I said that before, but. Yeah, I really genuinely did not know that. And it was really exciting to hear about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think moving into our second person or second woman who made um, a great contribution within, now we're getting more into social media. I think she's more well known. I'm totally going to butcher her last name. It's Susan Wojcicki. Yeah, I think Wojcicki. But she is the current CEO of YouTube. Um, and what she did is she actually helped acquire the company and also she increased the number of women employees and expanded the user base and um, I don't know if you guys have heard of like YouTube premium but I think it's sort of like special version where you like pay for and you get access to a lot of um, other content so she helped create that as well but other um, notable things is she was actually the 16th employee of Google um, number 16, which is just crazy. Um, and she kind of worked on Google Books, AdSense, and a lot more. And um, kind of lastly, she rented out her garage um, for Google's first headquarters. So basically the very first, now I guess they, I think they have a headquarters in Seattle or California, one of the two, I could be wrong. Um, but the very first headquarters of Google was in Susan Wojcicki's garage and that's just crazy to think about she really helped grow that company and then she moved on to youtube um and helped grow that as well and now she um is a really big advocate for women in stem um and women who code um uh by the way anushka do you know how old she is i'm not sure but i can look that up really quickly because um, like to be like part of like she probably be in her late 50s or 53 years old yeah Oh my god like you just imagine like like all this stuff is like really recent like you know all this tech That's is kind of really recent. I mean we've kind of seen YouTube grow I think right mm-hmm. but I like, can't yeah. think about Google like I I use Google for everything <laughs> yeah no and also I think YouTube's I think origin like I just I think it was like in 20 like it's it's younger than me I know that much like it mm-hmm. was like some like May or March of 2005 that YouTube actually started May or March yeah like I remember older like, than me then. <laughs> wow YouTube is older than me is you I think 
Wait, you said Mayor March yeah, 2005? It's, it's founded in February 14, 2005. Oh, so it's only, it's, I'm, I'm one month older than it. <laughs> Cause my birthday. Yeah, no, I'm like, it's like, I'm like about um, six, six days. days. Yeah. Okay, I'm like six, seven months younger. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, like we've, if, I think you can still search up the first video on YouTube. It's like some video at the zoo. I was watching that the other day, <laughs> but um, it's crazy. Like you, um, it started off with one video and now I don't, I don't even know how many vid- videos are on there and, you know, the different techniques that they have to, you know, search up the videos and organize them. Like, I think just the trending page and stuff like that, like that's a pretty recent thing on YouTube and like just to see how everything has grown and how that wouldn't have been possible without you know a, a woman and just yeah and just like to know uh and just to know like that a woman was like a, such a big helping hand and like you know she may have not like you know founded the company but like she was such a big part in helping it grow and like prosper in the world we live today is pretty um exciting I guess. like you know you know there's a thing that's like behind every successful man there's uh there's a hand like it's something like there's a woman behind him or something like that I'm I'm pretty sure I messed up the wording but like you can apply that to companies now too I guess and yeah like mm-hmm. and I think you know we use like you guys were saying we use YouTube for everything we use it to learn new things we use it to you know in my case waste our time when we are losing all motivation <laughs> but um it's it's just like it's crazy to think about that it's you know, at one part of me, it's like, wow, YouTube is so old. And, you know, we I feel like we recently came to hear about it. But now the, the other part of me is like, wow, it's so recent, like 2005. Like, so I guess there's there's two sides to everything. Um, but moving into the last um, woman that I researched, um, her name was Joanne Ball. And she was actually responsible for finding compatibility using a computer. So she kind of named it compact or computerized compatibility. And I know us three joke about it all the time, especially in the Indian culture, there's always shavi.com and like all these little like matrimonial websites or even just like Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid. Like we use like people our age and older use them to find their soulmates and a lot of them do. And so it's crazy that a woman was actually behind the um, code or the the creation of that idea. But essentially what she did is she made a match by computer by 1964. And that kind of used what a person did not want in their partner. So she kind of, I guess, a person would come and they would tell her, I don't want, this is a hypothetical example. I don't want somebody who likes Star Wars and I don't want somebody who can't um can't dance random random characteristics um and she took those characteristics and she put it into her maths by computer and that computer created a result that gave that found the match and you know on tinder and cupid or okay cupid and all these websites it'll just give you their number you can connect with them through that app itself but but this thing actually did is it gave the person's name and their address and then you would take the name and address and go visit that person um and talk to them and you know and I guess it continues from there and I think that was really crazy that a woman was behind the whole compatibility thing wow um that's like that's interesting and like um Anishka like you were saying 
we're always joking about this, like the, the different um, sites and apps and in Indian culture, shadi.com, um, one of the, I guess, biggest things that yeah. talked about in that culture now. Um, and just to think about like the whole evolution of that, like I think with everything we've talked about, there's like a there's a whole evolution behind it, or like how it's Definitely. grown. Mm-hmm. And so with this, like it started from one computer, and then you know now like it's, it's appli- like it's applied like to all sorts of like you know computer like laptop phone like you know I I'm sure they use like different like parts and bits like I don't know I'm not an engineer of computer but like I'm sure like there's different parts and bits like you know throughout each computer phone, um, even laptop like I I like you know I. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I would call my laptop a computer. And then like, you know, like in, in our sense, like, you know, that's a computer. But like my parents, they've been, they've grown up with like, you know, like the bulky computer, like the, like the, like I was talking to my dad the other day and he's like, that, that like, I have a Levon laptop, but I call it a computer. I'll be like, oh, I'm on my computer. He's just like, no, no, that's your laptop. Like, like, you know, he, he's like really specific about that. I'm just like, um, cause yeah, because, like, now you're able to do, like, everything on, the, you know, like, one thing. Like, there's no, like, this thing. Like, you can't di- distinguish, especially among the younger generation, between a computer and a laptop because you've just been, like, you've been, you, you just know that these things exist. And mm-hmm. there's, like, every function is available on them. Um, like, you know, the applications, like Tinder, Bumble, um, those are really cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, you know, our parents, like, even I call my, like, laptop a computer, but I think our parents appreciate and they make that distinction so important. And it's like, it's really, it, it's really significant to them because they grew up in a time where there wasn't laptops and phones and iPads just like available to them. But for us, it's just like, no, it really doesn't matter. You know, you call it a computer or a laptop, it's all the same thing. But they're like, no, it has, you have to call it by its correct name because they lived in a time where they didn't have that. And I think they're so appreciative of having that now. I think like that's something that, like not always seen in our generation and like even um, like among us like our people our age and like even us three I mean like I've I've been to like my grandma's house and that old bulky huge computer is still there and I at first thought it was a tv it was not a tv it was a computer um but yeah like just you know I think we like you said we haven't grown up in that time or even if we did like we don't remember that mm-hmm. time and so no, even if you think about like I'm, I'm like I'm sorry but this is kind of just like a little but because like this thought just came into my head like even if you think about it like our computers and phones and everything they have internet on there right mm-hmm. like even when you were like I don't watch tv but you watch Netflix correct and you like see our generation kind of like put them together now they're like oh I don't you know I watch tv and then you were like what do you watch and and then like the person goes like oh I'm like been watching like Lucifer or something on the, on like Netflix and that's just like a completely different like world than a TV like TV for our parents is like a cable thing mm-hmm. exactly. uh, and then we have like you know all these like, Netflix Hulu Disney plus it's kind of just like okay yeah evolution. <laughs> I'll always be like I'll always be on my iPad and I'll be like I'm watching TV and then my dad will come he's like put the TVs over there well you're not watching tv like no i'm watching netflix i'll be more specific (laughs) but yeah um that was kind of it for the social media and website um part of this episode but i know rishima researched ai so why don't you go ahead and take the floor from here yeah so my 
topic was um, like, um, I had to Google or I had to research uh, women that was very important in the AI field. And for those of you who don't know what AI stands for, it's artificial intelligence, which is um, technically the theory in development, this is off of Google, uh, the theory and development of computer science, uh, computer systems able to perform tasks that normally require human intelligence. Uh, and examples would be like, you know, speech recognition, um, translation between languages, like, you know, Google Translate, like that would be considered an AI. So my, um, the person I researched, her name is Joy Bamboo, Lavini or some, I, I, I know I got the last bit of the name wrong. I know it for a fact, but it's like Joy Bambolini or something. Uh, she's a, the, like she's um, African-American and she has a masterate in, from MIT and Oxford. Like she, she's a very re renowned artist, um, like a coder, but she's mainly known for her um, algorithm justice league so basically, um, she did when she was doing her research at MIT for her, you know, undergrad or graduate. She came across like she's researching with this like facial recognition um, machine, and she comes across this um, problem where like it was having trouble recognizing dark-skinned females or like even people. So she um, goes like, you know, this is like not correct. Like why is it? So she created this uh, and she brought like this this problem to the light where she's like you know, like AIs have to be able to recognize even different colored people. Like, you know, the world is not white or like the world is just like not a certain color, like there are different types of color. She brought this and she reworked her code with her group. And now her, um, the method, like um, the method she used to um, like install the algorithm, it's used by Microsoft, IBM and Amazon throughout the world. Um, she's like, she also has like a TED talk if you guys want to know more about this, like in more detail, I'm kind of just like, you know, saying uh, overall ideas. Um, but she has a TED talk um, and she like, she has her TED talk featured over an algorithm ba uh, base. But yeah, she's like, she's very like, she's also known like in the um, AI field. She's also known as um, the conscience of the AI because she came up with this, like, you know, this thoughtful algorithm, which includes everyone and not just like, oh, and then she, also, she's, she also created this app called, um, this AI app called Mirror um, Repri Reprise or something. And it was like, you, they can like, the AI, like the machine, they can basically like, you can tell like, you know, tell them like, this is my mo like role model. And then they would like, and this is like for dark skinned people, obviously, because she um, herself was a dark skin. And she they, like the computer would like redesign that onto a map, like the features of the person. Like, you know, if you're like, oh, my, my, you know, my leading is Michelle Obama, right? And the computer would like put that design on this face mask that you wear over your face. And I think that's pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's really um, interesting. That's why we need people who are mi minorities or underrepresented just in our society, but especially in tech, because they bring these really important issues to light and they help work on them you know I don't think if it was another person that was maybe considered the majority in tech they might not have thought about that or realized that but because she was a minority and she was African-American she was able to find this issue and really fix it and now it's you know it's not only more inclusive but it's also just being used in all of these different companies and you know I just find AI so interesting how you can use like facial recognition like a computer can essentially like recognize you 
Um, but that's really, really cool. Yeah, um, and to no, go ahead. Uh, uh, and now to make things like even better, like better in the sense where like, you know, you have this really amazing person, but she also, she got inspired by this robot, um, Kismet at the age of nine, okay? And then she taught herself Python, Java by herself. Like she, she learned all this by herself. And I just think that like, you know, if you, like, especially like in today's world, like if you have like, you know, the, all these opportunities available, especially if you live in like the bigger countries, then you like, you know, utilize them. Don't let them go to waste. Like, uh, like my dad, like, you know, my parents always like telling me to like, you know, we ne they never had internet, like, or um, any of this access to this greater technology. And, but like, you know, she's a fine example of someone who utilized her opportunities in America, at least, uh, because she was born in Africa and then she moved to Mississippi. Um, I think that, yeah. Rashima, do you by any chance know um, what, what age she is or what time period she was working in? Um, she was, I know that she's like, she was born, like, she was born in, not, like it's, it's not confirmed because it's off of Wikipedia. I couldn't find any other like um, official document, but it says that she was born in 1989. Um, so that would be a pretty recent one. Like it's yeah, just in the test for fairly young, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, she, and she also has a documentary if you guys want to watch. It's called Coded, uh, Coded Bias, um, and it features her research and the AI in in accuracies in facial recognition. Um, but yeah, and that was. What really, do you think, Misha? Um, you know, I mean, Anushka pretty much covered it all. Like, it's uh, really interesting, and you know, there are so many cases in the world where you need like minority more minority representation and I think especially in tech because you know it's it's a growing thing like it's it's becoming more and more you know like a, a prevalent part of our lives and so having like these um you know uh represent not representatives uh, I can't think of the word but just people who are you know there to help find and um, lead initiatives to fix problems for um, minorities. That's really important. And that's really cool that she was able to do that, especially like what Anushka said, um, with facial recognition and AI. I mean, I also do think that like AI is pretty cool. Like I'm interested in learning more about it. So I enjoyed hearing about it. Yeah, um, without further ado, I guess we could get into my topic, which is um, cybersecurity. So, you know, like we've been mentioning this whole episode, um, the internet and technology, it's really, it's been evolving over the past couple decades. And those who have been living through these past decades, including us kind of, um, we've gotten to see how technology has evolved tremendously, like we've been saying. Um, like, I mean, if you think about it, we use technology for pretty much all parts of our lives. Um, something as simple as, you know, setting alarms on your phone or um, FaceTime and video chat networks to talk to family or friends or even like the meetings that we're hosting right now to record this episode. Um, and even through, you know, online school, like we've done this past year, submitting assignments um, online, like basically, you know, it's on the Internet. Like that's how we that's what we use to submit our assignments. So with all of this growth in technology, cybersecurity becomes something that's even more and more prevalent in our lives. And um, I think, you know, that's because that it, it, it at, sorry, I can't talk, but it becomes a matter of our personal safety 
Um, and something that I think not many people notice is that cybersecurity is something that people have, you know, at least talked about or thought about since, I mean, long before the internet and technology became as advanced as it is today. So people have been working on this since like the 70s, 80s, 90s, and women have played crucial roles in this. So the one woman who I will specifically talk about is Miss um, Dorothy Denning, whose work in, uh, I don't want to mess this up, but SRI's Intrusion Detection Expert System, also known as the IDES, which um, provided a base for cybersecurity and research, which is even used today, like to current date. So with this intrusion detection system model, which Miss um, Denning developed with, I apologize in advance for the name, um, with Peter Newman, um, what you could basically do is you could detect intruders, um, which would help to control who has access to data, uh, which is key in protecting computer systems. And you know, keep in mind this happened around like the, I, I wanna say late 80s or sorry, late 70s, early 80s. Um, so, you know, this is long before the internet gained the dominance that it has today, but they still used methods to detect irregularities and like the security of the data, um, the same ones that are used today, even as, you know, these methods um, or what's being developed becomes more and more complex. So um, I'm not very uh, well versed in the whole world of cybersecurity, but looking a bit into this model, what it did is, you know, it took... Um, the, I think it's called like the profiles of the users and the host systems and target systems. And it tried to find, you know, where something could go wrong, where data could be intercepted or, and, you know, eventually stolen through like cyber attacks. And so, um, which if you really think about it, it's pretty important in our life today. So this model kind of went on and brought about new innovations from the SRI, such as the Next Generation Intrusion Detection Expert System, and the, again, I don't want to mispronounce this, but the Multics Intrusion Detection and Alerting System. And so with each new innovation, you get a bit more complex and you look at more ways data could be taken from the growing systems and with more um, complex cyber attacks occurring. So, I mean, to think that a lot of this started with Miss um, Dorothy Dennings and her work um, with the intrusion detection systems. And like, you know, that's kind of what helps keep us safe today, even as like where we have this meeting right now um, to make sure that nothing gets stolen from, you know, what we're saying or from our computers. And yeah, I mean, I think nowadays, whether we're aware of it or not, we all have some form of like, security installed on our devices to protect and secure information that we store on it. Like, um, I think it's called, a, it's called a firewall, I believe, mm -hmm. um, and stuff yeah. like that. So it's really interesting to see how cybersecurity grew from like just a mere thought in the 70s and 80s to what it is now and how this really wouldn't have been possible without the work of women in the field. So what are your guys' thoughts on this whole subject? Yeah, that's really interesting. And like, especially with, you know, in today's like day and age, we, I think sometimes overlook that idea of how cyber cybersecurity is used, but like even, especially with the pandemic and everything, like we used to always hear about Zoom bombing and like people trying to like come into these Zoom um, rooms, like 
when they're not asked to um, or trying to maliciously get the link to something or you know even on Instagram like I think we've all experienced that, like some random person messaging us with a link mm-hmm. and you know I think firstly it's very important for just even regular people who aren't in tech to be aware of these things because you know data breaches data leaks um, credit card information stolen this is all very prevalent in today's society so it's important for just any normal person living in today's world to understand that but I also think that it's so interesting that a woman was actually really behind the whole idea of cybersecurity um, and how you know we could be having a lot more data leaks and um, a lot more security issues today if not for her. Yeah and also like with the ever like you know the growing like industry of tech like the past year like um like during COVID it's like everything's just done online correct like and if that and like you know if we if there wasn't like a cybersecurity team that like worked for each like you know like domain like you know Google has their own cybersecurity team Amazon has their own like if they, those weren't present we'd probably have a lot of data breaches and like data interceptions or like we wouldn't get our stuff or like you know someone would take our credit card information because we put input we trust is like you know it's kind of like a blind trust too because I don't think anyone Google's like you know the trustworthiness of Amazon or anything if you just gonna kind of like everyone uses Amazon I'm pretty sure it's safe but then you also put your credit card information and stuff in it right you can never be 100% sure and I think that it's crazy to think that a women's like contribution in this like field is so valued and then like you don't hear a lot about like that women because like you know like today we're talking about all these like females right but we did like we didn't know about any of these like by ourselves because like, no one really talks about them like I only know Steve Jobs and Bill Gates because they're like you know the main kind of core examples someone gives of like millionaire oh, but so interesting that behind all these like big guys or like big head companies they're women who work out these like smaller like but smaller yet like very important parts of the wiring is equally significant right yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. Think. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, like you know, um, like even uh, Dorothy Denning, who I was talking about, um, she, she's in the, I think it's the National Hall of Fame for Cybersecurity. So you know, like that's that's a big deal. I know if I ever got in, in something like that, my parents would be very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even though like that's, I mean, she has that, and she has lots of credentials. Um, that's what do you say like credentials um it was under your belt right that's the saying yeah yeah okay yeah so she has all this but like you know we've never heard of her and even the women who Anushka and Rashima were talking about we've honestly like before um we did this research we we had never heard of them but I'm actually I'm really glad that we did um do this and I learned a lot today yeah same I think going back to what Rashima and pretty sure we're saying about the whole um a man is always kind of looked at as like the head of something or like like you were saying like Steve Jobs Bill Gates those are people that we think of as CEOs of tech but I also came across this article recently um this was kind of unrelated but it was I, I guess I never realized this but going back to the whole AI thing you know a lot of it is Siri and Alexa and these like um smart like machines I guess you would call them um, and I, this article was talking about how, like, even Cortana, like the, I think it's a Microsoft or Windows version, but 
if you've ever noticed, all their voices are always female. Like there's never a man that's speaking. You, you can change the setting on Alexa to be a man that you can do, but the default setting is always a woman. And so I, I guess I, I never really thought about it. It's like so ingrained in our heads that women are supposed to be these like obedient, like beings that are just controlled by men that that actually perpetuates that stereotype. You know, you, you tell Alexa, Alexa, turn my lights off. Alexa, get me the directions to go to so-and-so place. But it's just perpetuating in these future generations and these, these like kids that women are looked at as, should be looked at as obedient creatures who follow everything anybody says and they can't do anything of their own and they're fully dependent on men to survive. And I, I really, I just hate that. Like after reading the article, I was like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I never thought about that. Exactly. Like, don't think about it until you read it in this, this thing. And you're like, wow, like that's, it's mind boggling. Yeah, no. And the other day I was like, this is like kind of slight, like it's a bit on the line, but I was talking to my dad the other day and, you know, like asking like, yeah, I was like, you know, how was your college life? Like, you know, he, he studied computer science. I need something really interesting, like, you know, as, as minority groups in tech, um, like, Indians are not, like, growing, but my dad was, like, he said that his, like, you know, if you notice, like, there's an age where, like, even in males, like, female and male, there's, like, an age range, and, like, that's just in computer science, like, I think it's, like, around 40, and my dad's, like, yeah, like, in their college, they were the first batch that graduated with the computer science degree, and I was like, that's, that's kind of weird because like, you know, we're here, like, you know, by that time, like the math book was being invented, like they already had the telephone. And my dad was like, yeah, at the time they had like flip phones, like they had to like dive in the numbers. And I was like, oh, and then how did you do the coding in like your labs? And it was like, he was like describing, and it's like those big, you know, like TV, like computers. And they had to like find internet. You know how we find Wi-Fi now? Like we're trying to find a signal that it would do that for internet. I was like, wait, what? And they, they only had like 15 laptops and what? And I'm just like, that's. It's, it's, it's very surprising how fast these like things happen. Cause I was like, what? Like, you know, 50 years, almost 50 years ago. It's not a lot of time, like, especially if you look at the historic timeline and to, and to like see that like women in that, like, you know, in that sense are just starting out in tech. Like we probably be like the second generation. Like, you know, if you're thinking about it that deeply or like second or third generation in tech, which is, and that means like we have a lot of, stuff to like find and research and like if there are girls out there that are like really into this like field like us I guess then they should like you know start trying to make a change um in their small ways like you know just read about some female scientists every month or you know just look into some you know encourage these people I guess yeah I mean my dad was also explaining to me a couple months ago um because I mean, my, my dad and I, like, we talk about this a lot. Like, I don't know the basics of the computer because, you know, we've never learned about that. So my dad was telling me, like, how he used to give, like, his exam in, like, college and just describing, like, how the, like, I don't even remember and I can't explain it no matter how hard I try. But it's like, you have to, like, put the memory, I think it was something like that. It, you have, like, the small thing and you have to, like, actually put the thing into it and yes yeah, I'm not explaining this the right way but it was very different like you know with us in our labs we like they'll give us the project and we have to code that project and just seeing how everything has evolved and you know 
how hopefully, you know, through initiatives, like even the one that we're taking now, as this whole, as the whole like world of technology evolves, there will be more and more, um, you know, uh, equality in terms of like, you know, um, minorities working, like women and men, you know, working together and at the, you know, same amount and whatnot. So that's what I hope to see as, you know, this whole thing continues to evolve. Um, and also like I encourage like, you know, people of different groups and races to like reach out to us because we're all Indian. So we kind of have the same perspective, like almost to, on the same thing. So we'd really appreciate if you guys reach out and let us, and like, you know, if you want to get in touch with us and like tell us your experiences as well, then we are really open to that. And really appreciate that because that means educating ourselves and others on this, so. Yeah, and any youth organizations out there that are related to STEM or um, computer science technology, um, you can also be sure to reach out to us. I know we had um, STEM Fem as our Spotlight Sunday last week, and that was a really great conversation. We're look for looking forward to doing more and more of those, especially um, with you know high school, um, college age students. So um, be sure to reach out. But kind of wrapping up today's episode, I had so much fun learning about these new technologies, and we hope that our listeners did as well. Um, but just before we kind of wrap things up, like we said in the beginning, um, please don't feel discouraged. You know, we are really trying to encourage any minority groups, um, girls to pursue your dreams in tech and make sure that you are not scared of the class or what you're doing to be too difficult or you're scared because you are a minority. Um, and we hope that you look at some of these women that we talked about um, as role models and inspiration for you to do what makes you happy and, um, you know, go forward with that. And also, like before um, we just completely wrap this up, I would say to anyone still listening, um, if you liked hearing about this, I would strongly recommend, you know, go out and research these people in you know AI cybersecurity social media and like just you know website building in general um, or you know any topics um, in technology because we really had a lot of fun researching this and we learned a lot and I learned a lot today so yeah I would encourage you guys to go do some research of your own and let us know what you find because we'd love to hear it yeah so with that um, thank you guys so so much for listening um, and be sure to tune in for next week for our sixth episode. Uh, and then follow us on all our socials. Like every single time, go check out our website. We've, be, uh, we've updated it with new episodes. Um, and reach out to us. Yes. And be sure to leave suggestions. Um, please feel free to email us or DM us on Instagram. We always love hearing from you guys and, you know, anything you want to hear us talk about or something you liked in this episode. Like I said, we love to hear it. Yeah. And with that, Teen Techies signing off.